You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 311 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What's happening in Gina world? All right. So we're four weeks into lockdown now and I'm getting into the groove of things, Val, but I have to say that... uh, a few days ago, we had the mother of all storms here. Oh. And it's just like the the trees were almost like at a 90-degree angle. That was just like nuts. Wow. And then the power went out and sitting in the dark for the rest of the night. And it was like early afternoon when it happened. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm sort of used to power outages here because it's like the price I pay for living amongst the trees. Um <laughs> And I've got all my backup batteries and everything and candles. And it's quite nice at night to sit in, you know, candlelight. It's lovely. But um, Mm -hmm. then the next day, because of the power outage, the water company contacted everyone and said the water's contaminated, so you have to boil it first. And they cut the water off without telling us. Oh, you're in one of those suburbs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so uh, been boiling the water and... um, Oh before goodness. we use it so it's like it's like living you know it's a different time really locked up no power no water wow but, did you um but you can safely shower yeah and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 but, but you, you shouldn't just, drink, you it drink it because it. it's like you know e. wow. and all of that so uh they've just said that it's okay to drink now so it's uh back to just you know because our tap water is fine to drink here it's uh, you know it's not not the case everywhere but ours ours is, mm. is still fine but what i've been doing is i've been reading books that were based in the depression era because why it's just really good it's actually a great practice of gratitude and i'm reading the grapes of wrath again <laughs> at the last yeah. time i read that book i was 15 i think so yeah. um and it's you know you're with them through all this hardship and then it's like as you're reading I'm thinking I'm so lucky I've got a roof over my head I'm so lucky I'm sleeping with clean sheets I'm so lucky that there's food in the fridge and the cupboards and you know it makes the fact that Mm. you know I can't complain about being in a lockdown and having to wear a mask but the thing is, you know with the mask wearing so everywhere we go we have to wear a mask right that's mandatory you don't have to wax anymore. <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> it's one of the positives. So that's what I okay. think of. It's like you know, what's everyone got going on under that mask? You can just like you know, pretty much walk around like that. This this is the stuff that goes through my head. Anyway, what's going on in your world, Val? Oh my God! Well, we're not in lockdown in the same way. There's, you know, we're being advised to practice social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's 
it in Sydney where I live, uh, it is the it's really becoming spring and the it was it's warmer weather. Yeah. <clears throat> you can smell summer around yeah, the corner definitely almost. Can. I'm gonna have to change my winter clothes around. So I'm pretty excited about that because as we went into winter, which is when lockdowns and stuff like that started to happen, it seemed like it was gonna be a long winter ahead. But we seem to be coming out of it. So mm. um it's it's pretty good on this end. Yeah. yeah, we we uh, that's one thing that I do love. I love the light at this time of the year. The fact that it's uh, the days are getting longer, and uh, mm. you start to see all the the spring flowers coming. And you can you're right. You smell it in the air. It's beautiful. Mm. It's a beautiful time of the year. Mm. So yes, I've been basically um, doing that. We even got the football out and started kicking it around on the weekend, believe it or not. I know you think that this is the funniest thing you've ever heard in your life, Gina. <laughs> Next time I come up, we're going to play true. kick to kick, Bell. Yeah. I've got to see, I've got to see your kicking style. <laughs> well, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure you're great at it, Val. <laughs> Kicking the old Sharon. You got a Sharon? Which is yes, the brand of Yes, we ordered the Sharon yep. online. Yep. And I've been taught, you know, how to hold it. Can you hand pass? Kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been taught all that. So, so, footy in Australia for the rest of the world is AFL. Uh, the players are tough as anything. And uh, we, our AFL. Uh, Players Which stands for Australian, Australian Football, Football League. League. And, and I have to correct Gina and say that's that's it's not it in Australia. It is the main game in Victoria, which is the state she lives in. Oh, you've got I live NRL. In is actually Rugby League. Rugby League. Is that – so Rugby League is no neck and Rugby Union have necks. Is that right? That's how you differentiate the two leagues? Well, it's more that um, AFL <clears> – <throat> Uh, which is what you do, they have better-looking players better looking. than NRL. Mm. Mm. There are some good-looking NRL players, but they are. It, your code is leaner and have nicer arms. And no helmets, no padding, nothing. They just bash against each That's other. That's in all Australian. Sports. Yes, yeah, 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 crazy, <laughs> crazy. And when you're there at the games live, you can just hear the flesh you know, hitting the flesh. It's, uh, yes, it's full on. It's like, have you seen this meme that, that goes around um, and it's a image of Bear Grylls, you know, you know Bear Grylls, right? <laughs> yes. And, and the words are um, um, Bear Grylls, man versus wild. In Australia, we call it camping. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> just so true. Every time I think of Bear Grylls, I just think of he, he didn't he get into the carcass of a bear or something and slept in there. Great. It's all like a, yes, it's kind of that's all I think of when I think of him. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, back to what else has been happening with you, Dina? Um, oh, it's just been uh, online most of today, coaching uh, the Goldies, which is great, seeing them, watching them get out there and uh, do amazing things. And then um, one of them, uh, Kate Flowers, just uh, yes. received three highly commended in the Capture Magazine's Mono Awards. And I've put Fantastic. their shots in um, 
the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com and uh, amazing images. And uh, Mm. what's beautiful about these images is they're like, this is what uh, we're doing uh, the episode about today is how to create a black background using daylight or flash. And these are beautiful images uh, of Yeah, so uh, these images... These images by Kate uh, of the, uh, her kids and they're wearing kind of the Venetian masks, mm. the kind you wear, you know, masquerade kind of masks and one kid's got a unicorn yes. <laughs> on. Uh, and uh, they look absolutely gorgeous but they are against a black background yes. and they are black and white shots and as Gina mentioned, that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to create a black background using daylight or flash. Um, And, of course, Kate is one of the members of our Gold community. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the Gold community, have a listen to this. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked Natalie Finney why she joined. I think the point at which I decided to turn it into a business was... um, when I actually had been listening to the podcast for a while yeah. and I, I took I took the plunge and joined the Gold Community without knowing too much about it. And it yeah. was at, right at that point that I said, oh, I think I really think I could do something with this. Certainly um, in terms of learning for me and the technical ability, um, I have gotten so much value out of workshops online and the gold community obviously all the tutorials that I have access to um, has been like completely invaluable to to me and my learning I I have you know I've had some um, you know done some reading Mm. books and so and so but yeah I think um yeah, online online workshops and and tut- and watching tutorials, watching for example, you, you know, you going through um, photo shoots and um, explaining how you know why are, why you would do this or why you wouldn't necessarily choose that setting and um, all of that has been like yeah, an absolute world of wonder for me. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move straight into this week's topic, how to create a black background using daylight or flash. Now, are you saying how to create a black background when you don't have a black background during the day or what what situation are we discussing here? We're going to cover every situation so we can use a black background, but I'm also going to show you how to do that without a black background using daylight or flash. So uh, this Val is one of my all-time favorite styles. Just have a look at my Instagram. You can see I do love a black background. And I love them because it it creates not only uh, like a dramatic and moody sort of style, but it really helps draw because it eliminates, when you've got a black background, you eliminate all the distracting guff out of the background and it really draws the viewer's eye to whatever it is that you're wanting to uh, portray. And that could be portraits, products, you know, anything on a black background. It's, it, I love that it's uh, the minimalistic look to it and it's also very theatrical. And, it, you know, it's something that you think, oh, this is going to be complicated, but it's actually really easy to do, Val. And so when we talk about that, it's um, 
The black background is also known as low-key photography or high-contrast photography as well. And it kind of dates back when I have a little history lesson here, Val. And okay. it's like you can see it if you go back to the Renaissance, um, there was a term that used, and let's let's uh, test you out on your Italian, Val. Go on. Chiaro scuro. Do you know what that Ooh, means? No. Chiaro scuro. So that comes from the Italian word, so two words. Something chiaro, about obscure? You know, we, we, close, yeah. So chiaro meaning clear or bright, mm. and oscuro meaning obscure or dark. Mm. So well done. Mm. So... Um, and so the technique focuses on using like shadows and then one single source of light. And it's like if you ever want inspiration for your lighting and your photography, just go and check out the work of the masters and go back to the Renaissance. And if you're lucky enough to um, live close, you know, in Europe or and it's easy for you to access or even go to your local, like a lot of museums around the world have examples of uh, Renaissance paintings either in the collection or they'll get them on loan. So there, there are opportunities to see them because it's nothing like seeing them in real life to see how the the figures like glow from the from the uh you know the wall or the or, or the uh from the actual painting and so one of the most um famous using this style there's a few of them like rembrandt leonardo not the not the um titanic leonardo the other one <laughs> da vinci right and uh caravaggio yes. all use this style and uh you, you can see it's it's really beautiful and it is when you look at it it's very theatrical so if you ever go i know you love musicals val but you go see mm. stage plays as well and they yeah. use this technique a lot in the theater so you'll see that like let's say that uh they'll set the stage and it'll be a family having dinner at the dinner table, right? Now, the set designers won't necessarily build an entire dining room and have every single element that's in there. You, so you think of it, if you're building a dining room, you'd have the skirting boards and the architraves and there'd be a chandelier or, or, or light and, and then there might be all the other guff that's in the dining room. But, like, if you look at great... Um, theatrical design it's all about the lighting and then giving the um, the idea that there's something a few visual cues and then your your imagination will fill in the blanks so they might just have a table a couple of chairs maybe a couple of plates and then there might be a picture on the wall and that's it and we fill in the blanks and that's you know similar to this sort of style like eliminate all the guff and let mm. people's imagination fill in the details. So that's why I like this sort of style of black Im imagery. So it's all about to create this, um, you need to sort of have an understanding of how we see and then how the camera sees. And then knowing this, we can manipulate the light to really easily create these sorts of dramatic uh, images with either available light or bring in artificial light and create the same thing. So. All right, let's talk about dynamic range. Now, you've heard the term before, HDR, right? We've mm -hmm. talked about it. And that stands for high dynamic range. And that's when we see a photo where someone has captured detail in all the highlights. So that might be, say, uh, a sunset, 
right, where you've got a bright sky and uh, and then there might be a person standing in front of a sunset where they've lit, lit the model and so you've got detail in the skin tone, detail in all the clothes, detail in all the highlights, but also vast amounts of details in all the shadow areas. So you cover every sort of spectrum of um, light from black to absolute white. And that's uh, what high dynamic range is, HDR. So the opposite yes. of that is uh, what we're creating here, which is kind of low dynamic range really mm. so that you're just getting we're capturing um the the highlights but we're letting the all the shadow detail go to absolute black so there'll be a small area where we'll capture the, so you know a, a a face on a black background it's basically all the information is in the highlights and then everything else goes to black right yeah. so to make this a little bit easier to understand, I want to talk about dynamic range, which I think is a great name for a nightclub, don't you think? Or a, an, a, yeah. an album or something. Dynamic range. Where are you going? I'm going to dynamic range. When it comes to dynamic <laughs> range with me tonight? Yeah. How it good was dynamic so range 80s. last night? It, yeah, an <laughs> 80s nightclub, right? Um, but basically what dynamic range is, is um, the a measurement and in terms of light, because you can get dynamic range in sound and, uh, and light as well, but it's a measurement of light. And so when we think about light and the way it's measured, in photography, it's measured in stops of light mm -hmm. and it goes from black and then you get like a little bit lighter black. And I've got uh, diagrams in the show notes if you guys want to follow along again at GinaMalicia.com com and you can see that i've got the human eye val mm. when you look at a scene it actually can see approximately between 14 and 24 stops of light so from black to right. white now the reason it's like 14 to 24 is there are certain areas that even the human eye can't make out and so one example of this is like say a bright sunny day blue sky midday all right. Have you ever, without sunglasses, tried to look up at the sun and see detail in the actual sun? No. There's a point that you just can't. And even on a very bright day, uh, you can, depending on how sensitive your eyes are, some people's eyes are very, like lighter colored eyes, I find, uh, will struggle to see um, when it's very bright. They're squinty because it's just too bright for their eyes, right? So, but mm -hmm. most people, if you look up at the sun, you're going to really struggle to see. Uh, detail of the sun like when you say there are some nights that you can look up at the moon and on a clear night you can actually see the little man and the moon that lives there like you can and you can see the craters right you can mm -hmm. see detail in the moon but you can't do that with the sun because it's too bright it's too white and so like even the human eye can't record that and certainly uh, a digital camera can't. So when you've got a DSLR or mirrorless, and it's going, it's slightly different depending on the type of camera you use. But like, if the human eye can see uh, 14 to 24 stops, that a DSLR or a mirrorless can only record between 10 and 14 stops of light. So it can't record the entire spectrum. So that's why something like uh, HDR the clever cookie that invented that decided that it's like, hey, when I photograph, say, a landscape at sunset and I'm pointing my camera into the sun, I can either capture 
the detail in the sky and if I expose for the detail in the sky and get all the beautiful sexy clouds and the colors in the sunset then what happens to my foreground it goes really dark and poopy and I lose all my shadow details so you get either one or the other so some clever cookie decided why don't I do two exposures one for the sky and one for the foreground and merge them in Photoshop. So that's why how you get that high dynamic range. But you know, normally the camera just can't record. So like you've got this dilemma with when you're taking a photo, do I expose for the highlights and get all the detail in the clouds and the sky, or do I expose for the shadows and get all the detail there? I can't really get both when I've got this high contrast light. So mm. that's our limitations of the DSLR, you know, when it comes to uh, the dynamic range. Now, there are exceptions. So, like, have you noticed, Val, that when you go up and when you get up at 5 a.m. every day and you go for your 10K <laughs> run on the beach, right, and then you do a swim, don't you? Sometimes you do a little bit of canoeing, don't you, as well? Or have you cut that out? You just do the 10K run now, right? So you're up at, at dawn, yeah. Have you noticed how flat and even the light is and that you can see like detail everywhere? So you can almost see the detail in the sun. And I've got an example in the show notes of a uh, snow-capped mountain in sunlight, but it's shot very early in the morning. And this is actually shot in Iceland. And you can see that in the early morning light has like the dynamic range. So the range between the blackest black and the white is white is much, much shorter because the light is a lot flatter. So that means that when I took that photo, I automatically can see the detail in the clouds, the detail in the snow on the mountains that's also lit by sunlight. And then there's areas of the mountain that are in shadow and you've got like a rustic fence there. You can also see all the detail there. So the dynamic range the light is a lot flatter, you get a better dynamic range. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. The opposite of that, I think you were here for me with, with, with me for this uh, shot. This is in the Philippines, mm -hmm. um, in Cebu, and uh, it's an image of afternoon light has a much higher dynamic range because you've got the bright sun and uh, I'm taking a shot of the sun high in the sky. And even though I shot this at f 22 which was stopping all the way down on my camera the camera still couldn't capture any detail in the center of the sun it's this white hot mess there right mm. but you could but i can get the detail but because i've exposed for the sky you can see that there's a uh, a little wharf there and and uh mm -hmm. like i think a lighthouse there you can't see any detail it's almost in silhouette so when it's high dynamic range you either you, you either have to shoot HDR and manipulate the image in post-production to get all the colors and all the uh, the tones from black to white or um, you pick what you want to show and and so knowing this you can manipulate your photos to create the mood that you want to create so this is how we're going to work using our camera to create a black background so okay in terms of gear 
you want your camera, obviously. And so when I said um, with, in terms of dynamic range, there are like, you know, some of the uh, latest mirrorless cameras and also uh, your smartphones, the dynamic range has in, in, in improved out of this world and it'll just continue to improve. So uh, I imagine that sometime in the near future we'll have cameras that can record, you know, as well as the eye can see, if not better. So, you know, it's only going to get better. But for this... Yeah, for sure. So, and uh, and they'll make coffee. I'm waiting for a <laughs> camera that they invent that actually maybe they can go on the 10k machine. run for me. Yeah, 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 sure. And mm-hmm. so you get to sleep, but yeah. you get the benefits of that run. It comes back and it tells you all about it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is what we saw. This is where I was ready to spew. Which is uh, that's our um. Shall we use that as our Aussie slang word of the week? Because I heard someone someone in posted in the podcast group about they were missing the oh, yeah. um, Aussie slang word. So it's like okay. go for a run and I had a spew. Val, what does that mean? <laughs> a spew, spew. a W driving the porcelain bus, calling out to Ruth. What else? They're all Aussie slang words for having a chuck. Yeah, Which is probably what, another Aussie slang word. Chanda. Chanda. So what's the um I, Surely spew is, is universal. You reckon? But I also I was spewing is another use of the that word spew, which is I was mm. really disappointed. So I wanted to go for a run this morning, but I slept through the alarm. I was spewing. Spewing. Which you, you weren't literally throwing mm. up. You were just really spewing. disappointed. So, so um, that you can use that word in that context. It's like when you're very disappointed about something, you go, oh, I wanted to buy uh, a new camera, but the, the camera's sold out. I missed it or I missed the sunset. I was spewing. Spewing. I was very disappointed. Okay, let's get back to photography. So the gear that you need <laughs> to create black backgrounds, uh, mm-hmm. you want a camera, a tripod uh, it helps for this uh, type of shoot. And then you want one light source, which can be the sun, which is natural or artificial. And artificial uh, could be a torch, a lightsaber, a flash, <laughs> or uh, any other form of continuous light will work. And if you just want to experiment with this, I suggest you get yourself a $5 uh, torch, one that's powered by, say, AA batteries. LED is fine. If you can get one that you can focus the beam so you can make it wider or narrower, even better. And uh, you can experiment with this technique at home using your Barbie dolls, your Lego, your um, any toys that you have around, or just get an egg and use that. That'll work to create this mm. so you can uh, create your own. So um, basically... What you need to um, do, so the, the simplest way to create a black background is to put a black behind, a black background behind your image. So that's the easiest way. But yeah. um, what you need to do to have that be successful is make sure that the background is not being illuminated at all. So your subject in relation to your background, you need to make sure that your subject is far enough away from the background so that when if you're lighting it artificially or naturally that that light isn't spilling onto the background all right so you want to make sure of that so 
The other thing that you want to do is keep your noise at a minimum. So um, the best way to eliminate noise in an image is to add light. Okay, so if you're going to be shooting black backgrounds, one thing that you might notice is you're going to get extra noise. So to eliminate that, make sure that you keep your ISO nice and low. So shoot at, um, start at an ISO of 100 and that's going to help uh, minimize noise and also help you get this uh, black background. So again, uh, all these examples that I'm giving you, uh, practice a bit with, uh, your toys or and and the reason I say to use a toy or an apple or an egg or something like that is when you're trying to learn something the last thing you want is someone in front of you if you're not sure about something then um, and you want to just change a setting and and you're feeling a bit nervous about it and you've got someone in, standing in front of you who even rolls their eyes <laughs> inside and they don't even do it deliberately but you'll go they just rolled their eyes they, they think I'm dumb here and, and it just puts you off so I just think the best way to learn is to do it on your own in the comfort of your home with a a doll or an egg it's some inanimate object that is not going to judge you even if the, even if the person isn't even if you have an inkling that they might be it's <laughs> going to put you off and make the learning harder all right so um okay so uh the, as a general rule of thumb what you want to do is uh you, you want to make the lighting on your background three stops darker than the subject and if you can do that in any light situation then you're going to get a black background so if you your um if you had your subject in bright light and they were at f11 then um you'd need your background to be three stops darker than that all right so that that's how it works basically so i've got some how examples now Yes. How do we make our background three stops lighter? I'm, uh, I'm going to show you right now. Okay. I'll explain it to you. So, um, with daylight, Val, uh, right. what I've got, if you go to the show notes or you imagine with us, uh, we'll, I'll get you to describe the images, Val, for those people that can't check the show notes. So, I've got sure. uh, an so, image of a flower, right? And so base, the, do you want a, me to describe it? Uh, yes, go for it. So basically, um, Gina's got two images and I remember this because I remember when Gina took the image and I remember going, oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> what the first image is of a hibiscus and in the background, um, you know, it's greenery basically. Uh, yep. And um, it's, it's, it's not light green, but it's not dark green either. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, you know, just green, standard green. Um, she's focused on the hibiscus and the background is a little bit, uh, you know, um, uh, out of focus. So she's yep. got some depth of field there. But what she did, and obviously this is what she's about to explain for the second shot, is she just managed to make the background black. So it's literally the exact same hibiscus flower, which is it's beautiful red. But it's as if it's on this really striking black background. And I remember her showing me this and I was just going, how in the world did you do that? So this is what she's um, about to tell us. Now, obviously, these shots are in the show notes if you would like to see them at GinaMilitia.com. However, hopefully I've done a decent job in explaining the difference. 
Yeah, so basically what we did is we picked a hibiscus for this with the stem and I had you, Val, hold the hibiscus in the first image where the background is green and the hibiscus is lit, is we're just using sunlight. So it was about, I don't know, it was probably morning. It was about maybe 10 o'clock in the morning and it was a blue sky day. And I remember, I just I've, remember it was hot. Yeah, it was hot. Um, it was, so I got you to hold the hibiscus in front of a green bush that was also lit by the sun. So you've got lighting, the same lighting on the hibiscus as on the background. And then I just shot with a shallow depth of field. But basically what you get is the the flower is red and the background is green. No, you know, pretty, pretty easy to do. It's all evenly yeah. lit all the way through. Now, where you can manipulate uh, the lighting is if you take that same hibiscus and it was lit, still lit by the sun, but what I did is we just sort of turned around and I found an area where there was greenery that was actually in full shade, okay? And so what that means is um, the difference between, so if you've ever shot someone in say full, uh, full sunlight, let's say that the, uh, at ISO 100, the, to get the correct exposure on the hibiscus, I needed to shoot at F11. When I placed the hibiscus in front of the shaded area, what happens is the hibiscus at F11 is correctly exposed, but there's not enough light in the background at F11 to get anything. So I got a black background because the the greenery in shade actually needed uh, three extra stops or more to correctly expose that. So if I wanted to expose for the trees in the background, I'd need to open up to something like F8 to get that correct exposure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And if um, it's it's a great trick to make things look a bit more, in my opinion, lush and expensive and moody. Um, and the interesting thing was when Gina put that hibiscus against the the background that was slightly in shade, to the naked eye, it didn't look that much in shade, you know. And why is that, Val? Because because the naked eye has the ability to see, and we talked about this in the introduction, up to twenty four stops mm. of uh, light. And so, um, you know, when you're, and that's why that's one of the confusing things about photography, because like you might go and see, oh, here's this beautiful hibiscus, uh, and then beyond it there is uh, lots of shade. I want to capture all the detail. But, you know, if you don't quite understand how, what the limitations of a digital camera and what it can and can't see, you'll mm. think that what you see, you, your, your eye is seeing the green of the, 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 the background, but the camera can't record that. And so yeah. you get a black background. And so once you know this, that our eyes are more sensitive, you know, mm. you'll understand why when you see a beautiful sunset and someone standing in front of them, to your eye, they're lit beautifully, the background's lit beautifully, why don't I get that shot in camera? Because the camera has its limitations, all right? Until we get yeah. the one that goes for jogs for us, makes us coffee, <laughs> reads us poetry and gives us a massage, right? So um, that is a really simple way. So this, this is something easy if you've got a balcony or a, a, a garden and you can mm. do this, just pick a flower and try 
photographing it in full sun with the background in full sun and then try and hold it up against a dark area that's in shade and you'll see that you'll be able to get these uh, striking shots. So moving inside Val, I've got yeah. a, another image here where I um, have used a black background. So the first one was using nature and using um, just using manipulating the daylight to create that black background. In the next example, I've actually brought in a black background and what you can work with is using daylight in a way that you can, um, just using a black background, you can easily uh, manipulate that. So what I've got is, uh, you want to explain the two shots? So basically uh, there's a shot of a guy playing an accordion and he is face directly facing a window. And um, so it's his side profile and um, the, the shot is framed though. So he is to the right of the frame and the rest of the frame is just the wall that's, yep. you know, he, that he's against. And yep. so in the first shot, there is a black background, but it's not a, it's not a hundred percent black. It's like, yep. it's as if it's got scratches and stuff on it. Is that mm. right, Gina? Yeah, because it's they're back. They're basically polystyrene yep. boards, and they just use those in the background. So, because what I had in that in that studio shot where uh, the first where he's up against the window, the the background was actually red brick, and so there was no way with daylight that I could create this. So I've had to manufacture it, and that's where I used the black backdrop. Now, what you want to think about here is the intensity of light. And uh, we bring in something called the inverse square law that actually the only times I've ever explained this on the podcast is I've been absolutely um, plastered <laughs> and I do a Smashed. much better job when I'm drinking to explain the inverse square law. But basically, um, the closer you are, your subject is to the light source all right, mm -hmm. the more rapid the light falls off. So it oh, yes. goes from bright to dark much faster. And so... Um, and if you, you are in and if you are in the gold community, there's some great tutorials on this with little toy figures and torches mm -hmm. that Gina does the demonstration to show you the inverse square law. Exactly. And, uh, and so what you want to do to um, increase the contrast, and this is basically uh, how you create something like split lighting or more dramatic lighting, is bring your light source closer to your subject. So what I've done is I've got my model to move as close to the light source, which in this instance is window light as possible without getting the window in the frame. And so what happens is the light will illuminate his face, but then it drops off very quickly. And by the time it gets to sort of the back of his head, it, it almost goes to black foul. So it lights, I expose mm. for the skin tone, I get beautiful mm. light, but you also get this rapid fall off. And so you get um, really beautiful modeling and the same thing will happen to the background. So you can see that, that the start, um, the black is actually more of sort of a light gray, but then it falls off to black. And then it's very easy in Photoshop just to manipulate that background, increase the blacks in, say, Lightroom or Photoshop, and then you get that lovely black 
uh, background and this is very similar lighting if I had um, the window a, a, a little bit higher to what Caravaggio and uh, say Rembrandt and Da Vinci used in their paintings. They just had like one light source and uh, you create that directional light but you also get the rapid fall off. So if I had that model facing me, half his face would be in light and the other half of his face would fall off. You'd get like a split lighting scenario. So if you want to create split lighting with a back, black background, um, you know, just make sure that you bring the light source much closer to the face. It sounds counterintuitive, um, but it, it works. And again, with your torch and your egg or your Lego or your Barbie dolls, whatever <laughs> lights you up, uh, give it an experiment and uh, you'll find that it, it's like in that you'll see the learning is in the doing. So, you know, do give it a try because it's a real eye opener and, and it'll just make a huge difference to your photography. So that's using a black background using daylight. Now we can also manufacture this black background using just daylight and the right conditions. And uh, it comes down to my very favorite style of lighting to create something that looks, in the end, it looks like it's a studio shot. And that's our good friend, garage lighting. So uh, yes. I've got uh, three example, two examples and a diagram. So the first example, you can see that my model is uh, uh, against a pure white backdrop. And Val, it, like, it looks like it's lit in a studio, doesn't it? And I have not yeah. doctored this background at all. This is out against of camera. Against a pure this is what it looks white like. background. Pure black background. Pure. And it's, yeah. And so yeah, basically, black. yeah, so, and it looks like, it looks studio light, it looks like studio lighting. Yeah, and yeah. when you can learn to recognize this style of lighting, once you see it, you can't unsee it and you'll start mm. to see it everywhere. But it's just yes. the hard part is finding it in the first place. Now, if you're a gold member, there are uh, several uh, in-depth tutorials that explain how, how to find it, how to manipulate it and, and what to do and how to create multiple looks using this style of lighting. And I've actually lifted a couple of the diagrams out of that tutorial for this one um, mm -hmm. here, Val. And so basically you've got the example straight out of camera that looks like a studio shot and then I've got a wide shot of where that actually is mm. and this was on um, last year's Sicilian um, photo workshop and basically it was a winery and in that one massive huge uh, building inside but what we had is it was um, sort of a, a bright sunny day and uh, outside the winery that, that had uh, that, that crushed gravel, you know, that white gravel on the mm, ground. So mm. it was like all white and the walls of the winery were actually like white rock. And then there is this um, like tiny little doorway that leads into the winery. And the, 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 the winery itself was very, very dark because it only had a couple of windows. So... From outside to inside, there is a huge difference in exposure levels. So out in the when the sun is outside bright light, you know, you've got maybe more than three stops of difference between the light outside and the light inside. And that's where the magic happens. So basically, I've got a diagram that shows that, you know, if you place your model 
just out of the sunlight in a doorway or a, a you know a garage opening uh, and inside where the, you've got a dark room this is exactly what happens when you expose for the skin tone uh, you're going to get the, the detail in the skin tone but there isn't enough light in the background for the camera to record more than three stops difference between outside and inside and you end up with a pure black background just using daylight and it's absolutely beautiful and as i said absolutely. when you find it and you recognize it it is such a great way to light people because it's directional flat lighting flooding mm. the face and then it falls off using that inverse square law it falls off so rapidly behind the model that you end up with black cool all right so that That's is brilliant. Daylight, and I've got another couple of examples about how you can use this in your this these principles in your street photography. So, um, this is a street in. Uh, I've got a couple of examples of the exact same location taken. Two images taken like thirty seconds apart. So nothing changed. Yeah. All it changed is the way that I exposed the two images. Mm. So the first one I've got like a. A street in the in the like the heart of uh, Glasgow, and it's uh, of a um, the outside of a, a, a building, and it's like it's a shop front, and then the shop front has little um, little lights all around the window, like they're not little fairy lights, but they're just little light bulbs illuminating the entire edge of the window, and then you've got like some bright sun hitting the ground but what i've done is when i exposed for this image i exposed for uh, the best overall exposure so i've got detail in the shadows there is detail where the sun is hitting the ground and you can just make out the sky is it's it's not quite blown out but it's almost there but there's detail from whites to blacks it threw out the whole image and as a whole what do you think of this image val it's kind of like it does nothing for you though you go not really, oh yeah no. it's just, like you'd, you'd slip past that on instagram wouldn't you yeah. you'd go yeah. oh yeah big deal but then the next image what yeah. i did is instead of exposing for the shadow details i exposed for the highlights mm. and so what happens is i've exposed for the shaft of light that's coming down the middle of the um the image and so um you just see that and then basically you see a little bit tiny bit of detail on the facade of the building and everything else goes to black so now you've got this high contrast image eliminate all the boring bits and you've got something that's got mood and drama completely different look so you'd stop at this image though wouldn't you Val it's because it's got some intrigue to it hasn't it well it's also got a guy riding a bike through it oh I know but, but you can then, your imagination, even though there's these big chunks of black in this image, your imagination can fill in the gaps and it's mm. intriguing. It's intriguing. It makes you stop yes. and look, you know? Yes. So that's what that, so, you know, that's just that's, through picking your exposure, um, you know, by in changing a your way. exposure. Mm, all right. Great. So now. Using the exact same technique and thinking, we can do the same and we can manufacture our own um, black background. So I've got my accordion player in the studio again. And uh, mm -hmm. what I've done is I've 
closed the windows. I put, pulled down the shutters and created um, a, a studio that's pretty much dark. So there's no available light. I've gotten rid of all the ambient light. And what I've done is I've, in the same position as I had the window, I've replaced that with a uh, an octobox or a beauty mm. dish, right? An octobox there. And I've brought it as close to my model as I had the window. And again, I've exposed for the skin tone and I've got my model on the same black background. And you can see that pretty much I've replicated what we saw with daylight in the earlier image, but this time I'm using flash. So you can replicate the same scenario anywhere at any time of the day. So that's what I wanted to do. And you can see that because I've got the light very close to his face, his face is illuminated, but then it drops off to shadow very quickly. Now, the mistake that you see in this shot um, is what I've done is because I've got my subject too close to my black background, the light is spilling onto the black back black background as well. So that's a mistake that a lot of people make when you're trying to get a pure black background. If you're using a black backdrop, what you want to make sure is that you want to avoid uh, any light from your artificial light spilling onto the background. So what you can do is a couple of things. You can move your model forward. So like maybe uh, 10 feet, six to 10 feet from the background. You want to make sure that your light is and move your light forward as well you want to make sure that there is no chance that um, any light will spill onto your background and the other thing you can do is you can uh, use an octobox and then actually use a grid place a grid on the octobox and that or, or the softbox that you're using or just use a grid spot as a uh, modifier and what that does is it contains the light and makes the beam of light a lot narrower so it's not spreading mm. backwards and forwards it's just hitting your actual model and nothing is hitting the background and you can see big difference in the two images there. So the first image, you can see all the guff on the background and you can see where the light is hitting the background. And the second image where I've brought my model forward a lot more, uh, no light is able to hit the background. And because I've got more than three stops, my, my subject is three stops brighter than my background, you get black, mm. right? And a nice, pure black. And you can manipulate that Further, some people don't like that the model just um, disappears into the background. So you can add a little backlight, you can add hair light to that, but you still manage to keep that uh, black background there. All right? Cool. All right. Finally, Val, yeah. you can now manufacture a black backdrop without using a black background. So in any situation. And um, where I like to do this is sometimes like, you know, if I'm shooting professionally and I've got like limited space, like I've only got one location that I can shoot in, but the model wants multiple looks. And so um, what you can do is you can shoot with, if you've got uh, like in this situation, I've got, it's Paul, the model. And yeah. uh, what we did, and this is part of the uh, headshot course. And this is part of the headshots 101 yeah. tutorial where I show you how to go from daylight to black background mm -hmm. using one location. 
basically. So uh, the first image you can see, I've lit him behind me, directly behind me was a large bank of large windows, okay? And so I was able to shoot and behind Paul was uh, a couple of elevators actually. So the idea was this is to, that you can use any location and uh, shoot anywhere and, and create what, whatever you need. So the first uh, shot we took is uh, daylight image indoors just using daylight i've shot that at f 2.8 1 125th of a second iso 400 stock standard flat even lighting does the job looks great so that might be the first image that i give the client and then how do i change it up you know there's like do you change the clothes or do i try and create something more dramatic and what i like to do is create something like create a black background instead so what you do is if you've got someone in daylight, and this can be inside or outside, so you take your first shot, which is uh, you know your your daylight image, and get everything right, set it up, get get your model, the composition looking right, and then what what you want to do. So in the first shot, I've shot at f two point eight, that gives me my daylight version, and then I don't change. Mm -hmm. I drop my exposure to ISO one hundred, and then what I'm going to do is stop down and take a shot and what I want to do is keep stopping down so I go from um, f2.8 shoot at f4 f5.6 f8 continue to stop down and take a shot until I see nothing and in this instance when I was inside it was f8 and so you can see if you can just make out uh paul's face just yes. if you look yes. very careful it's like you know one of those magic photos where you go oh, yes. yeah i can see him there so at f8 as i kept stopping down i finally got a black um yes. image okay so that's to me has said that i've managed to kill all the ambient the light, light yeah, yeah. in that shot and then mm. the next step is i add the, the speed light or studio light or whatever I've done. And, and right. in this instance, I've got a speed light and um, F8, shutter speed 1 200th of a second, ISO 100. And I've used a, uh, I think a beauty dish in this one at full power. And basically what I've got is a black background. And the only right. reason you can see, and if you want to check out the shot, in the show notes as well you can see like two little discs of silver in the background mm. that's the reflection from the elevator doors because oh. the light has traveled there but normally if this was just a normal wall behind him you would get completely black as a backdrop. so basically i remember this shoot and the the final image is basically this guy paul uh and because gina's used a beauty dish um he is his face is lit but behind him it's completely black it's as if he's mm. in a dark room as if, mm. as if he's on a dark stage even right um but completely black but i remember that day and it was a brightly lit day <laughs> well we so, can see because i, I took yes. that same shot the top example right. is uh at, at, you know daylight and it was like mm. we were you know outside it was bright large windows mm. on every um you know two two walls of this uh interior and and very well lit but mm. this shows that you can no matter where you are if you've got artificial light and this will also work you can test this out at home in your lounge rooms in your kitchens whatever but you can you know you're just going to need to make sure that you've got a light that is bright enough to be 
three stops brighter than um, what the, the background is. So you just want to stop down all the way down and then you add light. Get your background exposure correct and then add light. And then um, a couple of other examples, same using the same technique that I've uh, shot on my travels. So, you know, I've got another hairy man with a beard. Oh, what a surprise, Val. I photographed <laughs> someone with a beard. Wow. Oh, um, but using the same technique, and I remember this was at a uh, shot at a racetrack at like middle of the day and uh, with uh, just a, a speed light using that exact same technique. And uh, that's F11, one two hundredth of a second, ISO 100, boom, gotten rid of. And behind mm. him, there was just like a truck and guff and just ugly. What racetrack so, was this? This was in um, uh, America. It's called uh, somewhere, somewhere up in the near, middle yeah, of America. Yeah, I cannot remember. Okay. <laughs> it's just, yeah, but in the middle of nowhere, basically, mm-hmm. right? And so there was... Y- and we've all been there where we've gone, oh, wow, this subject's amazing. I'd love to get a portrait. And we can't carry a studio with mm. us anyway. But but anyway, but using this technique, it's like this guy came into my studio and I used 20 lights to shoot him. But it's one light, one light, one Fantastic. $100 Yong Nuo speed light, right? And then you can also... Uh, using the technique I um, shared with you earlier where, you know, you can manipulate the light in the background by exposing for the highlights and let the shadows just go to black. Uh, You can add some drama and interest and mood to your portraits. So I've got a guy, again, in the streets of Glasgow where I've lit him and uh, because it was uh, the light was uh, at such a low angle that I already had all these deep shadows and highlights in the background, so I've exposed for the background and I've got this really graphic sort of background where you see like hints of the building but then the rest of it has gone to black and uh, you get something that likes has so much more drama in it just by manipulating the way that the camera records the light all right and then finally again it just makes for very dramatic I've got um, a guy that uh, I photographed again just outside Uh, eliminate all the available light and then uh, get my black background and then add flash and you get this uh, stark and dramatic grungy looking kind of I think it's very theatrical and uh, you know absolutely it's it's studio lighting anywhere and again I've not used any fancy sort of lighting gear it's either Godox $100 Godox or $100 Yong Nuo light for all of these and most of these I use like either a a little Gary Fong diffuser or in some instances a little, um, you know, pop-up uh, beauty dish. And so that that's all it is. So, guys, get out there and uh, practice. And, again, just use your use your pets, use your styrofoam <laughs> heads, use, use an egg, use a Barbie doll, use your Lego and uh, share your results. And this works for products, people, animals, mm. anything. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's such a cool, neat hack Um, and it looks so good too. All right. Fantastic. So that is how to create a black background using daylight or flash. So what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? All right. I've got to do the, uh, what's the time, Val? I've got 
Okay, so I've got an hour to get to the shops to do oh. the munchie run because you don't oh, want to be caught curfew. out in lockdown. Yeah, caught, and it's like there's nothing worse than lying there going, mm. I really want, I really want. All right, so cream. Gina has to got to go and get some an emergency run of yes, Nutella, so we better let her go. Yes. Where do we find you online, Gina? Find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then check out the Gold community. I'd love the opportunity to work with you. Just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.